Eureka Springs is a little tourist town nestled in the Ozark Mountains. Population, just over 2,000, not counting the supernatural folk. The town is a hotbed of paranormal activity and has been for as long as people have lived here. Guess they can thank the mystical energy from underground springs for that. All manner of monsters seem drawn to it. When bad things happen that normal folk can't explain, I look into it. My name is Vincent Van Getty. By day, I'm a newspaper reporter for the Lovely County Record. By night, I'm a paranormal investigator looking into all things that go bump in the... Well, you know. It's Season 3 of Ozark Whispers, so if you're just tuning in, go check out Seasons 1 and 2. These episodes will be here when you get back. Pushing a large tank full of water can be awkward. The way the rubber wheel squeaked on the tile floor from time to time, the way the water swished back and forth, the smell of lake water that had filled the halls. But nothing was more awkward than how Azurna turned in the tank with her face next to the glass just to watch me. Mermaids are scary creatures. I'd no idea how long I'd been pushing this stupid tank hallway after hallway I traveled down. The tiles beneath me were as unremarkable as a cow's opinion, what some call a moo point. The last several, what, hours, days, weeks, had been pretty rotten. The spring court fade champion had tried to kill me, and dang near succeeded. As I lay dying, the actual thing happening, not the band, I was apparently whisked away to this haunted hospital for supernatural creatures. And then I'd made a bargain with a homicidal mermaid in order to try and escape from here. Just... a fantastic series of slightly less than fortunate events. Coming soon to Netflix. Azurna's long black hair and fins just waved lazily in the water as her eyes kept trying to lock with mine. They were the color of daffodils, and they glowed. I did everything I could to focus on looking for clues on how to escape. The mermaid asked how I came to be in the hospital, so I told her how the spring court champion had tried to kill me. That's when she said the fae could be so savage sometimes. I had trouble biting my tongue on that one. She literally murdered a fisherman and left his buddy with a concussion because they supposedly caught her trout reincarnated goddess. I don't know. It just seems to me the fish could have been released without any murder. But as I looked at her tail with the muscles to shatter both the glass tank and my skull, I bit my tongue and said not a word. The Fae weren't innocent creatures. My being tricked into serving the Autumn Queen Fomar was proof of that. But Azurna, clutching her pearls, the metaphorical ones on her necklace, not the glowing ones in her tank, well that was a little much. I was really starting to hate how this so-called endless hospital had all these things, except for a cafeteria. How many broom closets had I counted now? How many empty nurse stations? How many waiting rooms? And I hadn't found a single cafeteria yet. 
Azurna asked me what I did for a living, and I told her I was a reporter for the local newspaper. She told me how sometimes merfolk read the paper if it got tossed in the lake. She'd even seen my name on a byline once. That made me feel great. How many fishermen and women were taking the lovely county record out onto the lake and then tossing it in the water when they were finished? Too many, apparently. My stomach was growling something fierce when I suddenly remembered a rather convenient spell Avalon had taught me when I was incessant one morning during training. That particular morning, I'd skipped breakfast. I stopped pushing the tank in front of me and stepped back two tiles. Closing my eyes and holding my palms out flat, I started to chant slow, and felt what little magical energy I had straining. A small, glowing blue circle appeared in my hands. The mermaid didn't ask what I was doing. She just watched, patiently, knowing something was about to happen. She probably wouldn't be surprised. It's so strange to normal people. If they see magic, and I mean actual magic, no orange soda turning into Cheez-Its stuff, it just it blows their mind. They stare for several seconds after it's over, waiting for their brains to catch up. But supernatural folk? People who live between the cracks of everyday life? Magic is just as natural to them as opening a door. You put your hand on the latch and pull. The door opens, you walk in. Simple enough. And speaking of simple enough, there was a small blur in the light that filled my palms before it appeared. And there it was! A blueberry pie, cut neatly into six pieces. It wasn't huge, but it was warm. And right now, to my empty belly, it looked like the best thing that ever happened to me. Azurna smiled and remarked how it was a neat little trick. Remembering my manners, and that she could split my skull with her tail, I lifted the first piece out with my fingers and handed it to her. The mermaid smiled, and actually lifted the top quarter of her body out of the tank, resting her right elbow on the tank's edge while she flashed her shark teeth and devoured the pie slice. Before I'd even started on my first piece, I offered her a second. She smiled and took it. I got the idea she knew respect was mandatory. Azurna asked if I was going to eat the food or if it was poisoned. I laughed nervously and took a bite of my slice. Oh, glorious fruity pie filling. My stomach sighed in relief. Food. And yeah, we just stood there in an empty hallway, eating pie, a mermaid and a fey champion. It was definitely one of the stranger chapters in my life story. I'd helped a talking tiger escape from the big cat sanctuary. I'd even awoken a slumbering dragon outside of town. But eating pie with a mermaid in a magic hospital? That took the cake. Or pie, I guess. We finished abruptly when a loud crashing sound came down the hallway and around a corner, maybe a hundred feet from us. Azurna slid back down into the water and I set the pie tin down on a little cleaning cart next to us. Any chance you want to check that out? I asked. The mermaid did not respond with fear. She actually didn't say anything. And if I had to describe the look on her face as a growl began to echo down the hallway, I'd say it was annoyance. Oh, great. Something was coming to murder her chauffeur. Beauty and indifference. Azurna sure did have some charming qualities. A clawed hand grabbed the corner we were both staring at, and walked around, or rather clopped around, this giant lumbering beast with two long horns attached to its head. Its muscles had muscles, and it walked on two large hooves that cracked the tiles under them. 
The creature was probably eight or nine feet tall and stared at us with glaring red eyes. I racked my brain to try and remember if Eureka Springs had ever had a minotaur. Maybe, but several decades ago. I seem to recall Beth Forbes, Arkansas's ranger, once telling me her mother killed a minotaur somewhere in North Arkansas. Not sure how the stupid thing got to the natural state, but I guess if Zeus can pop up in Eureka and have a daughter, one of these things showing up isn't entirely impossible. Rangers. I wonder how long of a file they had on me now. Each state had one to help prevent magical incidents from getting too far out of hand. I guess that meant 50 magic police running around the country. I'd bumped into Beth from time to time being a paranormal investigator. I knew the one up in Oregon where I hailed from, too. Would they still consider me an ally now that I had fey magic coursing through me? I guess I could figure that out later. Right now, there were more important things to figure out. Like if the Minotaur was an enemy, or a... whatever a Xerna was, a friend of convenience, a temporary ally, who knows. The way the giant bipedal bull charged down the hallway at us, I assigned him a team pretty quick. I furiously shoved the cleaning cart down the hallway, and probably used up all my life's luck at once because it hit the Minotaur, and the dang thing crashed into the floor. I turned back toward Azerna, and I had a choice to make. Did I leave the mermaid as bait and hope the Minotaur would kill her, allowing me time to hide? Or did I take her with me, slowing me down so we both died? Door number two, I said, and she smiled, flashing those razor teeth at me again. Spilling some of the tank's water on my shoulder, I took off running down the endless hallway fast as the tank wheels would allow. I had no plan. Could I open a door and try to maneuver the giant tank inside? Maybe. But what if something worse was lurking in there? The Minotaur had been trapped in this hospital for decades and obviously driven insane. I'd been wandering around for a tiny fraction of that time and already felt my mind slipping. When this was all over, I made a reminder that I was going to tell Beth Forbes her mother didn't quite finish the job. She only thought she did. Of course, that depended on us surviving this. A quick glance over my shoulder revealed the Minotaur getting up and resuming the chase with renewed vigor. He'd be on us in seconds. I needed a plan. Suddenly, there was a flash of light ahead of me. It was reflecting off something shiny. Looking forward, I saw it. A large elevator. I distinctly remember thinking, I have no idea where that goes, but I will take just about anywhere but here. I stopped the tank, sending more water spilling, and pushed the round metal button next to the door. A small yellow center in the button lit up. There were no arrows next to the panel. Up? Down? I just wanted away. The minotaur roared and I screamed at the doors to open. When the beast was about 30 feet from us, I darted into the finally open elevator and turned to grab the tank. But the Minotaur was upon us. He'd closed the distance like it was nothing. Things started to happen in slow motion. With all that momentum, there was no way for the Minotaur to stop. I raised my arms and felt panic sending shockwaves through my body. I watched as a split second before the Minotaur made contact with the glass tank, Azerna leapt out of the water with all the grace of a gymnast. She cleared the tank just before the Minotaur crashed into it horns first. Water went everywhere and glass shattered. Meanwhile, Azerna flew into my arms and I fell down, banging my head into the back of the elevator wall. She weighed more than I did and all the air flew out of me. I started to groan as we heard the Minotaur regaining its footing outside. 
I pointed to a panel with a single button on it right next to the open doors and yelled for Azurna to hit it. She whammed the whole panel with her tail, denting it. But the button got pushed, so it was effective, I guess? We caught a glimpse of the Minotaur just before the doors closed. His fist slammed into the metal casing of the elevator, rattling it, causing me to hold my breath. Eventually, the elevator began to move, though, strangely enough, I couldn't tell if we were going up or down. Holding Azerna was awkward, so I gently moved her to one of the corners and rubbed the back of my head while I stood up. I asked how long she could last without water, and she said maybe a few minutes. Her scales were already shaking a little. The flesh around her gills on her shoulders were looking awfully dry. After another minute of moving in some vague direction, the light in the elevator went out, and I cursed. I did not like being trapped with a mermaid. I did not like being trapped with a mermaid in the dark. There was no telling if she would try to kill me in her last moments of desperation before she suffocated without any water. When I wondered if things could get any worse, they did. Water rushed up from under the elevator doors and began to fill the entire corridor. Well, I'd say the tables have turned, I muttered. I felt for the panel to try and push the button. Maybe it would help. Somehow. Azerna had moved to the floor, where water was now up to my knees. She tried to stay entirely covered in water. I didn't have the ability to survive that. Unless, maybe fey magic somehow allowed me to breathe underwater? I was doubtful. It's been a pleasure exploring the Endless Hospital with you, I remarked to Azerna. She did not reply. My heart was pounding. I'd had nightmares like this before. Standing on the back railing of the elevator cart, I was able to keep my head above water for another few seconds. A few seconds of life. Eventually, I had to turn my head sideways to mash it up against the ceiling just to continue breathing. I had no idea what Azerna was up to. I didn't care at this point. Just before the water swallowed up my last empty space, I took a deep breath. And that is when the elevator doors finally decided to open. There was a dim light coming from under the water outside, so I sunk a bit and kicked off the back wall of the elevator. Azerna was nowhere to be seen, but that dim light continued above me. Around where I was swimming, just murky depths, fish, a sunken tree branch. I didn't really care about any of that stuff. I just started swimming upward toward that dim light. When I hit the surface, I took in a big gulp of air and accidentally swallowed, or nearly swallowed, a dragonfly. So, naturally, I gagged and spit back up onto the water. The insect buzzed away angrily. Sorry, pal. My first big gulp of air, and I immediately had to spit it back out. That sounds about my luck. I spent the next 20 seconds choking and gasping before realizing where I was. I was actually at Lake Leatherwood. Or, rather, I was in Lake Leatherwood, about 50 feet from shore. I turned back toward dry land, just happy to see anything other than tiles and cinder block walls. But what I saw next sent fear and frustration through me. Standing on the shoreline with the exact same shotgun was Suma, the freaking spring court champion. I cursed. Loudly. I really couldn't catch a break. Escape death? End up in a cursed hospital with a minotaur. Escape the minotaur? Flooded elevator. Escape the elevator? Right back to the fey champion who put me in the hospital. Suma stood on the shoreline, a long brown jacket over a white silk shirt and black pants. His spiky green hair didn't move as a gust of wind came off the lake. 
and in his hands was the same blasted Remington Model 870 pump-action shotgun. Maybe he wouldn't try to blast me from the shore. I was pretty far away. And I was right. He wasn't going to blast me from the shore, because he left the shore behind and took off running on top of the water. The Fae was barefoot. Oh, come on! This just isn't fair! My magic let me summon a pie, but this guy could run over the water like a Hebrew savior. That wasn't fair at all. I looked around, not knowing what to do at this point. I couldn't swim faster than he could run. Did I dive? I'd have to come back up for air pretty quick, and he would just blast me then. My heart had sunk about 20 feet, it seemed, and just continued to keep going down. But when Suma was about 15 feet from me, he stopped and raised his firearm. He didn't give me the luxury of any last words. Was he going to send me back to the endless hospital, or just kill me this time? And yet, just before he could pull the trigger, Azurna leapt from the lank and sank her teeth into his neck. Then she pulled him underwater. I felt four or five other mermaids swim past me at rocket speed for their new meal. There was some ferocious splashing and thrashing. I doubt Suma even got a chance to lift his shotgun underwater. A mass of blue blood washed up to the surface and I muttered, Sorry, it looks like your trial copy of life has expired. Then I took a slow breath as the mermaids seemed to vanish into the water's depths. One of them probably had what was left of Suma's corpse. I froze there, treading water and trying to figure out if I was next. When I didn't get pulled underwater after a minute, I started swimming towards shore. Each stroke was cautious, almost as if I, if I kept calm enough, the mermaids wouldn't see me, or sense me, or however they found their prey underwater. I made it to shore and at last felt my feet touch the muddy bottom. Crawling up between a couple bushes, I sighed in relief. And that's when I heard Azerna's voice behind me. Saved your life, Fay. Now you owe a debt to the lake mermaids here, she told me. I turned and sighed. My life seemed to keep racking up debts like the worst kind of credit card. But she was right. When I needed her, she brought friends and saved my life, so I just nodded. One day, the mermaids will need a favor, and will call, she said. I nodded again and she left. At least I was alone now with my life. That was more than so folks got to say in the supernatural business. I got a lot of stairs walking back south into town, but nobody stopped to offer me a ride or anything. The wet man walking on the side of the highway was only to look at, not to touch. It was fine. The walk gave me time to think, and by the time I made it back to my car with the busted out window, Saloja was sitting inside and staring at me. The shaggy dog hopped out of the window and didn't exactly run over with any excitement, but he did sniff my leg as I walked by. It's a long story, I muttered. But the guardian fey animal gave me a look that said he wasn't going to stop until he'd heard all of it. So I sighed led him back in the car before climbing in myself. He handed me the keys with his teeth and I started it up the vehicle. I'd fix the window later. Right now I just wanted to get home and change clothes. Another fun day as the autumn champion. I just had to hope the spring court didn't select a replacement anytime soon. I wanted a little quiet, unlikely as it was that I would actually get some.